sorry about that. <laughs> I'm Seth Fisher. This is Alex Train. Welcome to MGO Radio 9.1. Uh, we are live before a retail audience at Underground Printing. And Brian is not here, but Aiden Hutchinson is here. <laughs> Aiden, you had a great game this week. I was just, uh, I'm was i just amazed at how far back that tackle had to set up in order to block you every single Yeah, the fifth play, I think, for the Chiefs' offense, mm-hmm. they used the running back to chip and then double-teamed Hutchinson. Right. So that <laughs> says a lot about where he is in the NFL right now. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, we're not a Lions podcast. I, I know we both got our Honolulu Blue on today, but we'll have the Sklaros in a minute. But we are here to talk about our sponsors. <laughs> this is this is what it looks like on the MGO podcast every single time. I have to, like, pull it up. So let's come over here and pull it up. Um. So we are broadcasting here live before a retail audience at Underground Printing's downtown store in Main Street. Stop by and pick up some gear. Check them out at UGPMichiganApparel.com or check out our selection of shirts on the MGOBlogStore.com. Let's not forget our associate sponsors, Peak Wealth Management, Matt Demarest, Realtor and Lender, Human Element, Ann Arbor Elder Law, Michigan Law Grad, the Phil Klein Insurance Group, Venue by 4M, Signal Wire, where we usually record this, and Wineward Organics. So, we're actually here to talk about UNLV, Las Vegas. Yeah, second meeting of the Harbaugh era. Right. I don't remember anything from the first <laughs> one, so... <laughs> and I'm not sure this one will be more memorable either, what, so... What we'll year see. was it? 2015. There we go. Okay. <laughs> was, yeah. Um, it was the last game before the shutout streak, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What was their score? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so they're going to score in this one. All right. uh, UNLV is going to score. That's like the one thing they can do is they have a very interesting offense. Yeah, that's the main thing to talk about, I think, on this one, because they're showcasing an offense we haven't seen right. in the FC, uh, FBS level. We've seen it at the FCS level. Uh, it's Brandon Marion who was a high school coach, and then after that worked his way up into the college ranks. He was with Howard uh, when they pulled off the largest upset in, uh, I believe, betting history, at least at the college level. They were 45-point underdogs to UNLV, ironically. Um, And so as a result, they... uh, offense that he designed called the go-go offense kind of got its name started after that and then from there he's gone and been a wide receivers coach at a few places but this is his first chance as an offensive coordinator at the fbs level to install the go-go so, offense. i mean he went to texas yeah and they were not they didn't install the go-go offense but they were using some of his ideas because they had two really good running backs right and they wanted to figure out how to use them at the same time because the main thing about the go-go offense is it's two running back sets Particularly that they're on the same side of the quarterback, right? Which I the we can't really draw this up on the on the radio or uh, video for the people watching on YouTube. Um, we do have a whiteboard behind yeah, us. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, but uh, the idea is to unbalance the defense because yep. defenses like to have you know 
the same number of guys on each side, and then you can just parcel them out. And okay, if he goes to that side, you got him. With all those extra, with an extra player on the other side, it unbalances the defense. But not that much. It's not like that weird for teams to put like four threats on one side, or even to like cover a receiver. In fact, that kind of takes away some of your options because then you can't go downfield. And that's what they do. It kind of reminds me of like Walt Bell a little bit. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting offense. It kind of was derived in some ways from what Gosmal Zahn did okay. uh, at Tulsa, which is where Brennan Marion was a player, and it's got a lot of different things in there. Um, Ian Boyd, uh, HTTV friend, yeah, uh, wrote about this when Marion went to Texas, and he was basically saying this offense seems funky, but it's you know. A lot of stuff we've seen before. It's just kind of all melded together, but it's a lot of familiar concepts. So uh, they were pretty run heavy against Bryant. I guess first of all, their first game was against Bryant. Okay. Bryant went four and seven last Bryant season. Bryant is a football team. They're a football team, not just a guy. No. Okay. They were four. They, and they always play like the teams that like just sound like like we're playing Howard this week. <laughs> Next week is uh, we're going over to the Marshalls for brunch, and like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So Bryant was a four and seven FCS team last year. They're probably pretty bad. So that uh, forces us to kind of temper uh, what we can learn from the Bryant tape. But schematically, there's plenty to learn uh, from that game. They were pretty run heavy on first down. They uh, have a lot of different variations on inside zone. They like to run. It's an up-tempo offense, particularly after first they get a first down. They love to run up, tempo you, and just try to you know run it down your throat to start. But where it really gets interesting is the way that they marry triple option stuff okay. with, with passing. And so they do run the triple option on a few plays. They ran it three or four times against Bryant, so got to watch out for that. But the biggest thing is the way they overload the formation, and then they ramp up the misdirection. Right. And so the play I kind of liked the most is where you have uh, the running backs, the same side of the quarterback. They run counter GT. They get, you know, pulling that direction. But the quarterback and the running backs counter run Counter GT means you're pulling the guard and the tackle. Yep, the yep. other way. And the quarterback's rolling that way. And then they pitch it to a slot receiver who's following the blockers that are pulling. Okay. So, it <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of just like the offense is turning, basically. you got half the guys going one way, half going the other way. And then they ran that play again, and it was a fake pitch. And the oh. quarterback <laughs> kept it. So, so <laughs> mad magicians kind of a lot of that kind of just misdirection. Yeah, make sure you got your cues. Do you think it, Michigan's going to struggle against this? Is it going to be annoying? Is it going to be like it's one of those things quarter? where they're playing Bryant, so it's hard to tell. And it may be a situation where Michigan's just so much more athletic that they just swallow it up, and it, you know, and the, it doesn't matter. But I do kind of expect there will be a little, you know, kinks with the frippery and. Because uh, they'll just throw some weird stuff out there that'll take a little bit of time, and maybe they tempo Michigan a little bit. I, I can see UNLV scoring a couple of times as a result of that, but it's a lot more likely that they score because of this scheme than it is that they score because of any individual <laughs> okay. players. Because right. this is a not an ideal situation in that's, terms of the roster. That is that's that's pretty rough because the players really kind of. I mean, like, congratulations, your coach is good, but like, you liked the true freshman running back. Out of like four running backs, that they, they have rotate. because they play two running backs in the field. They have a ton of running backs that they throw out there. They had four they were rotating. Each got between like five and ten carries. Uh, the one guy uh, Thomas yeah. had a, had a nice game, but I don't know if that will bear out. He's a freshman. That's just who happened to play the best in that one. They had another guy Davis had a sixty-nine yard touchdown run, but it was a lot of bad tackling too. Um, 
DeJesus, their little slot receiver guy, is kind of an interesting player, but he's better as a, as a kick returner where he uh-huh. was really, really good in that game. So that's something to keep in mind. Brumfield, the quarterback, is not a bad player, especially not for the Mountain West, but he has a lot of high highs and a lot of low lows. And so he's had games where he gets in rhythm, and Brian put this in the preview, but his PFF grades were, were really two opposite poles. Didn't have a lot of games in the middle last season. Mm-hmm. And this game against Brian, I thought, was not one of his best games. He wasn't very accurate down the field. He was mostly checking it down. So we'll see if he's better against Michigan. He's a big guy, uh, 6'6", and he's a lefty, so that's kind of interesting. Um, he does run plenty, and they run the quarterback's thought. They do zone reads, too. So this will be a good test for just a mobile quarterback, at least in Michigan's approach to it. But as a whole, I'm not sure how translatable this yeah. offense is because it's such a unique offense in, in what they run compared to the rest of the teams on Michigan's schedule. And also, I expect the line of scrimmage to be a bloodbath in Michigan's favor. Yeah, you, so, did, not, you did not like the tackles. I, no, they're right. You ta- didn't like Tiger Shanks. Tiger Shanks. Tiger yes. Shanks. Uh, right. Or Amani Trig Wright. They have some great names. Yeah, they Anton Ambuel. Yeah. Alani Makahele. Yeah. And Jack Haas. Yeah. It's yeah. it's an all-name offensive line, and they're just not particularly good. They weren't getting much push at all between the tackles against Bryant on their running concepts. There was some pass pro issues. And if that's happening against Bryant, like it's probably not going to go well against Michigan's guys. So I anticipate that they're going to try and just scheme up a bunch of weird running stuff and threaten the edges. And then on passing downs, while they want to throw down the field, they want to take vertical shots, that's part of the go-go offense. Unless they're just chucking it up there, and they might because Ricky White's on the field. There you go. I was waiting (laughs) until you were going to mention this guy. Ricky White. Ricky White. Yep. Ricky White. I know 2020 didn't happen. But in everybody's dream that was the COVID season, when you had that piece of that was like a nightmare where Michigan State claims that they won in front of six people, Ricky White was the reason. Yes, he And they was. were just chucking it up to him, and he was just coming down with it. Yep. And so they might do that because they're going to have to get the ball out quick, and I think they'll be prepared for that. I think their offensive coordinator at least seems like a smart guy if he's made his way all the way up and had a lot of success at lower levels. So I think they'll have a good plan, but... At the end of the day, this is just a team that doesn't have a lot of talent right now on offense, and it's probably going to cap what they can do beyond what the what the scheme can draw up for them. Does Ricky White get a touchdown on Will Johnson? Uh, no. Okay. That's that's <laughs> my guess. But. All right. All right. Defensively, uh, you were not impressed. No. This was kind of the opposite of the offense, whereas the offense was really fun and interesting. Mm-hmm. Defense wasn't really at all. They're running four-two-five basically every play. A lot of really basic blitzes. They were on the blitzier side of things, but it was all pretty classic sort of stuff, right? Like if yeah. they if four defensive linemen, weak side stand up edge. Oh, sometimes he drops into coverage, and a, and a middle linebacker rushes. You know, like <laughs> not like any every other team does that. So, um, but overall, again, the talent level just isn't very high on this team, and they're installing zone coverage. It seemed like, or at least you gotta hope. A new head coach, Barry Odom, coming from Arkansas, defensive guy. So yeah. you have to hope that it was just a matter of we're working out the kinks because their coverage uh, against Bryant was, was dreadful. Um, Again, yeah. <laughs> they gave up 65% completion, uh, close to eight yards in attempt, 300. Or, or, I don't remember the exact yards passing, but it wasn't pretty. It, it was higher than Bryant's clips last season for their quarterback. And they also weren't containing him at all. He rushed for 95 yards, sacks included. So including two 20-plus yard scrambles where they pin their ears back, go get the quarterback, pocket just opens up, and 
he was gone, and that happened multiple times. But just too often, they're playing this super soft zone. Linebackers are dropping dropping into the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, linebackers were dropping like beyond the line to gain on a third down. And it's sort of like, what's going on here? Um, so I just don't see a, a lot of path for UNLV to be super competitive on defense. I mean, they may tee off in the run game as ECU did. They may blitz a ton. Um try to stack the box, all that sort of stuff. But if you couldn't really slow down the Bryant quarterback, I don't know what the path is to do much of anything against uh, J.J. McCarthy. All right, and we do like Jonathan Baldwin, that one safety they have. Yeah, he was a little quiet in the game I charted, so I didn't make him the danger man because I just didn't have any clips. But, um, you know, he was a good player for them last year. They have some talent in the secondary for a group of five schools, so I don't know why the coverage was that bad other than doing something new. So, We'll see if they're a little bit better and advanced at it this coming weekend, but it's probably a work in progress for them. All right. Uh, anything else on these guys, or can I hit the, the uh, let's go to the, the Sklar's button? Again, I'll just <laughs> shout out that DeJesus, the kick returner, ran two kickoffs back for huge gains. Uh, oh, that's right. He averages something like 55 yards on the return. Re- I don't recall seeing With no ki- touchdowns. Yes, I don't recall seeing a kickoff uh, returner get tackled at the two-yard line on – you know, the other two. Like right. Typically, <laughs> if you get past the kicker, then you're just gone. But he ran out of gas and got tackled at the two. Uh, but he had another good long return, too. And he had another one that was negated by a penalty, too. So really three of them. So He looks really small against Bryant. So I wonder if... Like, yeah, he's listed 5'7". He's not 5'7". No, he's probably... He was 5'5 on his recruiting <laughs> profile. I looked that up. 5'5", 155. Yeah, but... So, yeah. Crafty little player. I would say, you know, Doman just put it in the stands. All right. All right. We're going to take a break. We'll come back with the Squires. Want the perfect game day outfit? Underground Printing has unique, great-fitting U of M apparel and officially licensed apparel from legendary Michigan names like Woodson, Howard, Eufer, and more. UGP also specializes in custom printed apparel and promotional items for groups, events, and businesses. Whether you need one shirt as a gift or 1,000 shirts for a charity walk, Underground can customize almost anything for groups large or small. To learn more, visit Underground Printing in one of our three convenient locations around Ann Arbor or online at undergroundshirts.com. It's painless. It's online. It's group ordering made easy for your next custom printed apparel order. Pogo from Underground Printing will save you time and hassle. Whether you're selling shirts for a fundraiser, organizing a large event, trying to collect sizes and payments for a family reunion, or, you know, ordering a whole bunch of shirts with your Kickstarter, Underground Printing is here to help. Save time and hassle every step of the way with their easy-to-use site. No more guessing what to order, chasing people down to pay, wasting time trying to sort out the order. They'll set it up. You can just sit back and relax. They'll even take care of individual shipping. To learn more about Pogo, visit them at any of their convenient locations or at pogo.undergroundshirts.com. Hey, it's Nick Hopwood, Certified Financial Planner, Founder and President at Peak Wealth Management. Check us out at peakwm.com slash mgoblog. When you're watching the game, everyone knows what the score is. But you might be at halftime of your career. Do you know what the score is? Are you winning or do you need to play catch up? If you're behind in the second half of your career financially, we may need to run a hurry-up offense like John Navarre in the 2003 game at Minnesota, or run a three-quarter court press after a made free throw like Coach Howard likes to call. My team of CFPs at Peak Wealth Management are here to help you understand what the score is and what you need to do to win. Your spreadsheet doesn't tell you the score like we can. 
And if you're going to spend all your free time watching replays of the 2021-2022 Ohio State games on repeat, you need to outsource your financial planning and investing with us at peakwm.com slash mgoblog. At Peak, our goal is to help you retire with peak confidence. It can be a rough ride along the information superhighway. That's why we build our e-commerce websites tough enough to handle the load. With the capacity to take hundreds of simultaneous online transactions and the stability of load-balanced, co-located server architectures, a website from Human Element performs in the roughest conditions. Thousands of products? No problem. We'll throw in the tools to manage them with precision and efficiency. All with a design slick enough to make you think your girlfriend might be impressed. So load it up and hit the gas and let Human Element show you the way. Special offers available for returning lessees. Financing available with approved credit to qualified buyers. Client participation may affect savings. Optional equipment available at additional cost. See human-element.com for details. Welcome back to MGO Radio 9.1. Uh, we've got Sklar Brothers here. We are here. We are here in the house. We are happy to be here on the auspicious. I saw one UNLV fan. Yeah. And he pointed to someone in a Lions jersey and said, anything's possible. I'm like, we don't get to claim that. That's not don't your you win. Don't you dare <laughs> claim the Lions victory as anything as possible. All right. Don't you? You don't get to. That, no, that was that. That wasn't anything possible. That was the better team won. How great was it that not to go all lions? But Alex is wearing an. All we went all lions. I got my Honolulu blue on too. Sure. I, the best part about it is Jared Goff's comments afterwards. He's like, you know, we didn't have our best stuff today, but once we, in a while you steal one. You put we pulled <laughs> one out, and that's what good teams, teams do. <laughs> <laughs> what a flex! Yeah. Such a great flex. Baller. That was that was great. It's it's uh, is JJ McCarthy better than Goff? Uh, so part of me was like, I hope the Lions take JJ McCarthy and, <laughs> and then just give him a couple of years, years to under kind of Goff, and then right. uh, under under Goff does sound kind of like under Goff sounds like a, a, a show on like like the sequel to Burn Notice, right? Under right. Goff, which is you know it's like a USA Blue Sky show about uh, two ex CIA agents who now deliver them who out. work under a woman named like Sheila, Sheila Goff. Goff. Sheila Goff, right. they're under. Hey, Goff. We're all just under Goff here. <laughs> it messes with me because I had a buddy in college named Goff, and he was like the wild dude who like had the ideas. Goff's got the idea. Goff's uh, like, yeah. let's steal a gumball machine, and you're like, don't hey, listen to Goff. Hey, come on, relax. Uh, but that was that was inspiring and awesome. So for like <laughs> everyone in the Detroit area who they're in such a good mood today, it's uh-huh. unbelievable. Like <laughs> the vibes, know what to do. We're like, the vibe, the vibes. Like a good college team and so, a bad college. Okay, team. so Thursday night game, which is just rare, so uh-huh. and helpful, and, and helpful. starts the NFL season off. Thank you. Yes. Starts the NFL season off on the road. Yes, they didn't have their number one defensive lineman and all that stuff, but it it puts us in the mood to then get to this game, which is coming tomorrow, which <laughs> I think people here are in a good mood and they want to see, you know, see people clean stuff up. We texted Mike Hart. We know Mike Hart through our friend and I just was like, I'm so... That's a flex. I'm so... We texted him. <laughs> I mean, he might not have... Stephen A. Smith? I was, I was a- on a go-to meeting with Kobe Bryant. Well, I don't know <laughs> don't if that's possible anymore. about it, Skip. So I, uh, I, Come on, Skip. we texted Mike and we were just like, we're so psyched for you and, and proud of you. This is such a great moment. For I him. typed well-deserved go get him. Like I wanted him to know that I think, you know, the U of M fan base does not feel 
panicked with these guys coaching this game. I right. don't think there's a – certainly there is no sense of panic in the general fan base. I'm sure you guys, when you get inside the numbers, understand that probably by the second half we'll have this game. I mean, I was hand. I was stretching this week. We'll get into the the UFR stuff, but I was sure. I, I was trying to find things for, like, you know, the bolded alter ego guy to complain about. And it's like, the punt, counter punt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where's the sacks? Where's we the need sacks? to come up with a nickname for their shifty return guy. Because remember Gerald the Ice Cube McNeil? I mean, that was a great. <laughs> Gerald McNeil the Ice Cube, I mean, he was about yeah. 155. I don't yeah. know if he was 5'6, five, 5'7. Five, he was slippery. I mean, the guy was unbelievable. So we need to come up with a new name for, like, he's like the, the tiny. The, the ice chip? The ice, the ice chip, chip or the bar of soap or the icy. We got to come up with a nickname for this guy the yeah, popsicle I, just don't kick it near him the popsicle the popsicle keep there it away go. from the popsicle <laughs> keep, keep it away keep from the bomb the, pop keep him in the freezer keep him in the freezer <laughs> keep the pop keep him on ice look i will say this to my son as he goes to his first high school dance keep the popsicle in, in the freezer, freezer. that's right that's, that's right that's no just drips. let's yeah i, no I remember the you guy i know you guys mentioned it before but i remember we were here for the last unlv game that's why we brought you in here so because like we 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 sat down and we were like okay what do you remember from the last game like and I couldn't remember what I'll year tell you it was. what I remember. Or, was it 15, 15 or 16? 15. 15. Yep. All right. I'll tell you Alex what I remember is, right. is that I thought we were going to destroy them, and they had a lot more athletes. Like, they just – they actually – they played us pretty tough. So I think there's a good – we're up against good coaching. We know that. These guys aren't terrible coaches. Okay, yeah. They Well, they – so this time – I mean, it's a different coach. Every different year. coach. You, when you schedule UNLV for four years in a way, like there's, there's going to be gonna a, be a whole coach. new staff. You could right? be like four different coaches away. I sure. Mean, yeah. yeah but we – I mean, the general sense is like we can't cakewalk through this thing. But I think if we play strong and correct the mistakes from last week. Mm-hmm. I think Sharon Moore being there is going to change a lot. Certainly on the O-line. Do you think he gave it to him on Sunday of this no, week? No, no, no. No, because it was obvious what the and we'll get into the game too, but like it was obvious what they were doing. They right. were just throwing everything they had at the line. They're like, "Okay, yeah. JJ, if you want to throw against single coverage downfield, like they were running cover zero all over the place." <laughs> so, and then they ran it again. It's like beat us so, with an outside shot. But to me, shot. the the plays that beat that kind of defense are jet sweeps. Like quick handoffs on motion yeah. across and pitches out to the outside. Are you disagreeing with me, no, Alex? No, I, no, I think that's reasonable. So I just think when you've got you, you then change your line instead of saying we're going to clear a gap in the middle. You try and use your guys to hem them in from the outside. Let them come crash. Couple as guys hard as missed they want. some blocks, and that's just it's yeah. early. It's like yeah, you know, they, first. Game I mean, stuff. they they did some things like that. They you know they had the. One or two plays where they controlled the edge. I actually know there were two plays. Well, Corum's Corum's play to the left. Wait, I have a good hot actually, take. They that actually I didn't knocked do. the guy out out of the way on that one. That, that was a different thing. One of them was when they just did the the waggle. I call it a banana. The, yes, the yes. banana play. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and then the other one because Spider Two Y banana. Everyone saw that. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was like everyone's favorite play, but that yeah. was like a, a Stanford staple. Yeah. Um. So they ran that one, and they had another one which was a. Donovan Edwards design cutback. Right. So it was duo, but instead of running duo the way they normally did, he took an angle to the backside tackle and knew he was going to bounce outside right away because as soon as that linebacker cut in, yeah. and that's what they were – I mean, it's not that hard. Once ECU was overplaying to like the like inside degree, the yeah. one thing that Michigan likes to do, Michigan had to go away from it. Right. So you go away from that stuff. I, I have a hot take that I – can I give my – post-mortem hot take on my post-last <laughs> podcast hot take. A, oh, yeah, you ready, right, yes, you ready yeah, for it? You ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. Open mic hot Here takes. Yeah. EC, ECU is this year's Connecticut. <laughs> so at the end of the year, we might be like, hey, they made a bowl. 
You know what I'm that's, saying? So like, I don't what think if that's are? true because last year I had zero faith whatsoever in UConn. Yeah. I, I was none. like, those guys are going to be terrible. And then when they made a bowl, how happy were you? But ECU, we were like, this a well-coached program. Yes. They, they have some decent – they have a couple decent players out there. How about uh, the guy who I, made I did that? I not think they were going to be god awful. I, and they and they're well. They're, they have a program. They have a program. They I have mean, quarterbacks that can do some things. I like both of those quarterbacks. Yeah, I, like I was surprised them. that they used both of them because, like, I you know they had a four star quarterback coming mm-hmm. up, and he's like what a redshirt sophomore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, third or fourth year. Yeah, so like. like that. That kind of guy should be ready to go. If right. you're ECU, you're not going to have better than a four-star, you know, third-year third player in yeah. your system. But the other long. guy they brought in had a nice arm and, and moved the ball. Some, he ended up moving the team better, actually. Yeah. He did, yeah. And they dropped or got a couple balls raked out that were like perfect. Like the one that he threw over Samerstill, there was nowhere else to put that ball. That mm-hmm. one and the one that Can Sab is that's the same one that Can Sab knocked out. Oh, there's another one that that Sab wa- that Sab knocked out on the um, on the on sideline. The re- they had to yeah. replay it. I I also yeah. don't think, and I know people have like loosely talked about it, but I think a lot more can be made out of Brandon Hillman's shot out of a missile. Thank you. I thought <laughs> I saw that play. And I was I like, felt like I was the only one. I was like, who, going, look at him. Who is this guy? I watched it on TV. I'm like, that was unbelievable. I'm like, who is this guy wearing Moten's number? I was like, he's, what is he's the guy that Notre Dame thought might come in and that's start. Right. Of course. I, I know all the recruiting on this yeah. guy. But, <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, he, unfortunately, but he was a quarterback last year. Right. He in co- like some little town in Maryland. He was a cornerback. Co- quarter, like quarterback. Corner and quarter. quarter. Right. Yeah, he was playing both. Wow. Can he – is he – that he seemed so athletic and so fast. And I know you're on Jair Hill, which I am too. I think that guy's well, – yeah, seems not, small. Yeah, we're talking safety and cornerback, right. different positions. I agree. But yeah. you don't think that that guy could play corner? You don't think Brandon Hillman? What do you think, Alex? No. I don't know. I need to see more. I just I, – so I need to see more. I'm with you. I want to see more. That's a guy I want to be – I just like put him out there. And, and put him in garbage time, it's fine, but let him do the things that – Are you suggesting, Randy, that we let him cook? I'm saying you might want to like <laughs> flambe him a little bit. Yeah. Maybe maybe let him simmer. Let him sous chef and then let, let him cook. Let him simmer. Put him on the – Now, keep in mind, he was on the field because – you know, Page only played a few downs, and then they're like, "Okay, we got these guys." Moore's out of there. Yeah, Moore was out, so Keon Sab was starting. Uh, Quinten Johnson was out there, who, who I thought did not do that great. I, you know, okay. his. I, you made a great observation when when they connected on that slant. I'm like, why is he playing so far back? Is he that concerned that he's going to get well, beat deep? It just felt like a very. I was like, there's no way anyone is going to miss that eight or nine yard like. Yeah, slant I mean, route. so the that slant play was um, they they ran an RPO and Michigan was like pretty prepared for the RPOs, but they didn't think they were going to run it that far down. Like they're like mm-hmm. these guys aren't going to pass; they're going to run it. They're on their right. you know three yard line, right? And so they ran an RPO, and uh, Houseman was the one who charged down. So he's the guy who's supposed to be in the way of that one. Got it. And then you know they were just playing it safe, like. Quinten, like if you wanted, if you were expecting an RPO, one thing you can do is bring the linebacker down and then slam that safety down, mm-hmm. and like okay, try to beat us over the top. But the one thing they weren't going to do was give up a big play. Let right? someone beat him over the yeah. top. And this guy was throwing some dimes, so I, that's fine. I'm happy. He to was. Keep... He was Quinton. Yeah. Well, Quinton. He was boring. He was. Yeah. I mean, he was. He didn't do anything spectacular enough yeah. to warrant you to say. I'd like to see him over Keon Sab as we but move the into Keon the Sab and Zeke Berry of it all, and I will definitely the intrigue of a Brandon Hillman. Right to me gives me great hope 
when Rod Moore goes to the NFL and Mokari Page leaves and goes yeah. to the NFL and you say to yourself, can we can we have a fast and athletic and hard-hitting defense, especially in the back? Quinten is kind of like in that spot, I think, where uh, like Taylor Upshaw was last year. Yes. Where we're like, we know who this guy is. Right. right. He's okay. He's not going to – He's not he, going to – the the floor is floor is, is high, ceiling, ceiling is, is low. Never, right, no, the floor is like medium. Medi- yeah, the, yeah, the floor and the ceiling are the same exact spot. Right. Right? Yeah. Like this Got is it. who he is. You're not. There's not a lot yeah. of variance. Yeah, he's not going to kill. I mean, the worst thing you could possibly do is step on Mike Morris and like yeah. yeah, yeah, but which, yeah. Other than that, it's the like, floor and the ceiling is like the room in being Mal- John Malkovich. Right, it's exactly. Like a, very, exactly. It's a crouch way <laughs> down, down, and they're yeah. very close to each and other. And if you're not careful, you wind up on a in the Jersey Turnpike. Yeah. So the Taylor Upshaw is that thirteenth half floor and that's where Quinton Johnson is too he's the 13th and a half floor yeah and he, what did you see in the question just both of you guys uh from Rayshon Benny he was kind of quiet in the game but d- was he quiet or I, was he eating up like doubles and whatnot he was he was in there I mean the, they rotated through guys so much that I didn't get a whole lot from I'm him. excited to see what he does this year based yeah. not being injured because there was all that talk of he was had nagging injuries last year I mean they they weren't running like a lot of outside zone Right. And that's where he's really going to come in, into play. So, and they and they wanted to get Cam Good out there. So, Good played. Good actually came in pretty low for the number of snaps he got. I was surprised that he didn't have played any more much. plays. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think they were just using Good this game to like get him to play because the guy came back right. Right. Like he transferred here. He thought he was going to get more playing time. That's he ends right. up the fifth defensive tackle last year. It's like having to talk to your great aunt at like. Thanksgiving, you're like she's here. You gotta right. sit so, down. And so you use the first. Right? You gotta talk to. Her. <laughs> right. She, she brought. In. She brought one of those pies that's not like unsweetened, and it's a fruit that you've never heard of yeah. before. You gotta talk to her. Yeah. She's. Yeah. So you go. Give her you, some you, time. Sit down. You give Aunt Shirley some time. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and then and then you can kind of move on with the party, right? And like, Cam oh, good yeah, is did, the Aunt Shirley. Right, and your mom's like, did you talk to Aunt Shirley? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I did. You <laughs> gave yeah. her. We got her time. She asked me four times if I'm going to law school. We all. <laughs> no, I'm not doing We're that not anymore. Doing it, right. But I had right. to humor her and She's say that so maybe. far behind. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> By the end of it, I was like, I might. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you talk to Aunt Shirley? Because I, I spent some time with. Her. I didn't yeah, see you yeah. spending much time yeah. with Aunt Shirley. Cam Good is the Aunt Shirley of the defense. <laughs> it's a great idea. It's a great notion. Um, I don't know. I just uh, even in these games, I know there are people give a lot of grief for it being a weaker schedule and whatnot. And, and I am really excited to see the Notre Dame Ohio state non-conference game. I mean, that is going to be a great matchup. Yeah. Well, next year we have non-conference games that are going to be tough. And conference. And conference, and conference yeah. Yeah. We have a tough schedule. next year. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's so like, we're going to be, we're definitely scheduling the games, but I do think it's I'm really excited to see more than I think we're going to win tomorrow, but I'm excited to see some of these guys take that next step and, and play even more. I, I kind of love this team. I, so I know much. Al, Alex here is always in favor of just like, you know, scheduling Towson and Marshall and Frank and right. And all the all the dudes. Pacific. They're yeah. like, they only have a basketball team. Schedule yeah. them anyway. Yeah. Yeshiva University. I think yeah. they're on the 26th yeah. schedule. Uh, and, um, <laughs> you know the, the kindergarten class. That, but uh, you, I, I, I think that I, I I meet Brian more in the middle on that than I get the credit for because I do like I'm not opposed to 
putting Boston College on or some, you know, lower <laughs> level. Like, it doesn't have to. And I, and I do think that having watched UNLV Bryant, like, definitely don't stoop to the FCS level because that's right. you get yeah. there and it's just like, what's the point? But I've just been in favor of in this era of college football where if Michigan beats Ohio State and wins the Big Ten, they're in the playoff guaranteed. Yeah. That you just don't risk taking that L in the, in the non-conference. That's right. Because – you know, it's, a, it's a good take. It's a and good, next year it changes. Next, next year, year it goes to 12. Right. When you go to 12, now you have the incentive to load up the schedule That's so right. that you can get top four, get a bye. And, you know, potentially now the risk of that loss in the non-conference isn't as big of a deal, especially if you're playing a tough schedule. I mean, you don't know what the schedule is with Michigan. And teams always end up playing Michigan when they join the conference. Yeah. They are not going to lose that USC-Michigan game. When they no. go and – Figure out what the conference is. The next marquee year. teams. You think we're not going to play uh, Oregon and Washington like in the first couple of years? You yeah. absolutely will play yeah. this. Actually, year. you know the last team to join the Big Ten and not play Michigan was who? Ohio State. When? Nineteen ten. Well, because Michigan left the conference. They had to they're cancel. They're like the we game with we, we can't even handle them now. <laughs> <laughs> these rubes. These guys. They, jo- they joined the Big Ten to get away from us. They're like, like, these guys are beating up on us. It's Jay and I were in Burbank Airport flying to Omaha where we did a show last night before coming out here. And I Jealous. Saw, je- <laughs> we saw a guy. So many drops in this one. I saw a guy wearing, yeah, I saw a guy wearing an Ohio State zip-up, and he, like, walked up to talk to the uh, stewardess who was at the front. I'm like, here we go. This guy. I, I like what this son there's, of a There's pee. no way this guy's going to walk up and be like, ma'am, you're doing a great job. He's going to have a problem, right? right? He's going to start Because he's already mad about how his season started off. He's already projecting ahead to how difficult their time is going to be with Notre Dame, then Penn State, then Michigan. He's in a sour mood. His yeah. whole life is defined by his fall, and he's had a great fall for 17 years, and, and now, now he's going to have an actual fall. Yeah. Do you, do you think he, like he's afraid like the, the, like so many people are watching yep. that like you know you go to, up to the the counter to try to like fix your ticket at the airport and like the lady up front's me like so Cal McCord huh yeah exactly <laughs> wow I don't, I don't want to McCord this situation and yeah. fall yeah. fall short of your expectations <laughs> at all I think I again I mean if you put it in the context of of Coach Prime. He had no expectations. Nobody expected them to do anything. So, like, they could play as loose as he wanted them to be. And let's and, and yeah. let's be clear against a lesser TCU team. Yeah, before, we crowning, <laughs> yeah. before we start crowning, before we start crowning Colorado, it's just like that wasn't the one. That's not us. <laughs> you were <laughs> playing, okay, but like, and Georgia fans are like, no, that's exactly yeah, who they I were. I know it's Georgia's fine, like, we but, know. Okay, but <laughs> they had Dennis, guys. Georgia's Dennis Green. They are right. who we thought they were. Yeah, they, they have what guys. What a crown of crown they have. They have guys who were contributing last year who are gone. Right, mm-hmm. major contributors to that team who are gone, and they put up 50 points on this Colorado team. So before we start crowning Colorado as like the next national champion, they're going to have a tough time with Nebraska, I think at Nebraska. I, I mean, I don't really trust the, the Nebraska line of that quarterback. Was crazy. What it's is like, it? It's I think it's uh, Nebraska plus 6 or plus 3 or something. It's been bidding, it's been getting bet down again because like Colorado shot way up and now I, I think the thing with Colorado is that like Getting Colorado to six and six, which I think is very plausible based on that first totally game, sure. is a massive achievement. And Huge. and then people are sort of taking like, oh, Dion's going to pull off a massive achievement in year one to mean like 
he's going to be ten and two or something. Yeah, or nine right? and like, three or yeah, something right, like that. Right, where just alone getting to six and so six maybe, is a massive deal. I love this that what you're saying, Alex. That maybe the overblown reaction to the first game sets your expectation meter way higher than it should have been. Like, had we had they lost to TCU and he come, but close, yeah. lost, gone in there and lost to TCU, people would be like, Dion might have something there. He might have something, but let's keep our expectations low. Now it's like. This I was mean, a good I, thing for. Are we sure that TCU this year is better than Minnesota? I don't know. Well, like, I, I, Minnesota's no, secondary is better. I'll tell you. I'll Minnesota's give you that. secondary. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like it's yeah. it's. But I mean, like people get the coach prime has just been so in the news because like he just you know took the transfer portal for a humongous ride. That's and, right. Much know, like he, Mel Tucker. Yeah, and he makes he makes news. Harbaugh makes news too. He's a, a football player that everybody knows the name That's of. Right. Right. And now he is doing things that buck trends. So mm-hmm. people are going to pay attention to That's him, right. and they're going to, you know, they're they're going to make him a villain. They're going to make him like with the star. They start with the star, right, and then they'll try to make him a villain. So once he starts to lose, then I think you're going to see like the media stuff doesn't matter. No. The question yeah. is, can you put a team together through the transfer portal like that? I don't think you can. I don't think you can make a cohesive defense right. with guys who can play with each other. I don't think you can make a cohesive offensive line. And I think that he knew that, so he just had his son throw the ball 500 yards and then called Bryce Underwood and said, hey, guess what? Guess what? You can do this too. Right. And I would just be like, he's not going to be there when you're there. Yes. He's, he's gone. Not st- By the time you come to school, he will be coaching Florida State or Miami because they've got the money or somewhere down in Florida. I was thinking about this today. Given the money they've already given Dion to pull off the recruiting at Colorado, Uh wouldn't you just stay there? I mean, the path to the 12 team playoff is going to be really easy in the Big 12 when Colorado joins the Big 12. And Boulder's a great place to live. Boulder's a nice college that we've been to. Boulder's and, a nice coach. Got, it's not giving him the bag money to buy Cormani McLean, like a five-star yeah. corner from Florida. If you've got the bag men, that's true. I mean, that's true. I don't know where they got the bag men from because, like, Joel Klatt. Joel Klatt is a yeah. Do <laughs> <Is he laughs> <laughs> you remember that time in the was it the Purdue game, the Big Ten championship game, right when Dion got hired and he was going crazy during the game? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dion, well, whatever you need, call me. Call, call me. me. Right. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Don't be so overt about that stuff. <laughs> um, I know. I mean, it's it's we're talking about it because it's a big deal, and we're talking about it because the game that we have coming up isn't one that is going to be taxing us. I too know. Much. Well, that's because no one knows anything about UNLV except you guys, because you actually remember the last UNLV game. Yes. So good athletes, and they. I remember they made a cut. They had a couple of big receivers yeah. that actually made some really athletic plays, and I do think. They have a quarterback here that can throw a deep ball. So And they're gonna be running a wonky, weird offense. Yeah, don't yeah. they put two guys on one side of the quarterback at one point or Yeah, yeah they, well they do that like half yep. the time. Yeah. Yep. That's right. so, so it, and they'll fake to one guy and then they go to someone Which else. Which I'm not so worried about. And I actually think that is going to be a great test to our our run defense up front. Mm-hmm. The run wall I'm proud of. I thought the run wall was great in game one. And unless they get to the outside with speed and do a couple things, because there were a couple outside runs that scared me a little bit. We didn't set the edge. I think if we get better at that and we sort of stuff the run, then I think we, we will make it hard for them. I think when you have a weird offense that you're going against, 
you want to have an old, craggy defensive coordinator. Right. Like someone who's just seen it all, right? <laughs> uh-huh. and, and I'm thinking specifically, like, when we had Don Brown and Maryland came in with, like, you know, we've got this wacky offense where, yeah, like, right. the guards go this way and the right. other guard goes this way and right. everyone's flat around everywhere. And Brown was just like, okay, I know exactly how to do this. This is what they did in the 40s. This, so is, the moment, <laughs> this is the moment of the guy with the sword in, in Indiana Jones right. and he's waving around <laughs> right. and then Indiana Jones just pulls takes out, out a gun, a gun and, shoots and shoots him. him. Exactly. It's like, don't. Don't look at the sword. Right. Pull out your gun and shoot the guy. I'm a little so I'm a little nervous because Minter had like a big week last week. He got to be like the head coach for a week. Yeah, but Minter's going to be so. so but but Minter's so going to be happy he's like to so not. Used to like the NFL and like the weird things they do to you there. Like this is. But but the thing about I don't want Minter, him to overreact. The thing about Minter is that he comes from the NFL defense, which you know is so multiple. Unlike Don Brown, uh-huh. where the you can't really define it. So if UNLV is like, we're going to attack you like X, Y, and Z, because Minter won't be having to head coach the whole team, he can then focus on the defense. I'm and make more any, excited that he is getting, he's going to have the like opportunity old, to just do what he does. There's yeah. like an old Jewish story. All right, I'm going to tell you this. All right, guy goes to a rabbi and says, my house is too small. I got these kids and my house is tiny. And he's like, well, you have a goat? And he's like, yeah. He's like, bring him in the house. Have him in the house all week, and then come back and see me next week. And he comes back next week, and he's like, that was ridiculous. Why would you make me do that? Now I have a goat in my house with all these kids. He's like, you have a cow? He's like, I do. Bring it in the house. Does it with the cow. Does it with a couple chickens. Does it with the donkey. Five weeks later, he comes back, and he's like, my house is chaos. It's a mess. Why did you do this to me? I really honestly don't understand why you've ruined my life. He said, okay, now take all the animals out. Takes all the animals out. And he's like, come back and see me in a week. He comes back in a week and he said, I can't believe how quiet my house is with just my kids. <laughs> right? Jesse Minter just, just had, took the animals you know, out of the house. He right. took the animals out of the house. He's, he's back to just his room. kids. He's back to just his defense. He right. can focus on what's important. And what we have here is a situation where he'll be able to adjust on the fly, certainly at halftime if he needs to. If things are somehow getting, I mean, these defense. are little stress tests. Yeah. Uh, however, they did it. They're stress tests on on our defense, and like you stress the young kids in the secondary, they did well. Uh, we're gonna get stressed in some way tomorrow yeah. by the weirdness of their offense. All right. I think he's just going to call his dad because his dad's one of those crotchety old defensive coordinators, too. <laughs> we need true. to get to a break. I'm going to hit the break button. If you guys want to do the next segment, you can. If Let's you don't, do it. Then we'll, we'll do it. We'll in. stick around. If- hey, it's Nick Hopwood, founder and president of Peak Wealth Management, your MGO financial coach, and it is our goal to help you retire with peak confidence. Check us out at peakwm.com slash blog. Bo says the team, the team, the team. Lately, my mantra has been the plan, the plan, the plan. Check out the Trust the Plan podcast. Search out my name, Nick Hopwood, on any platform and give us a follow. You know, we haven't updated this ad in over two years because since the last versions went live, we only had one Big Ten loss. And honestly, I'm a little superstitious. But for this ad, I just want to give a shout out to all the loyal Wolverines and MGO blog fans who've reached out to us from as far as France, Japan, Seattle, San Francisco, Dallas, Florida, New York, and of course, all over the great state of Michigan. And you guessed it, we're pulling recruits out of Ohio as well, just like Harbaugh. Thank you very much. So no matter where life has taken you after your time in Ann Arbor, we're here to help you build a plan you can trust. If you're looking for a second opinion, visit us at peakwm.com slash blog today. Winewood Organics is Ann Arbor's only cannabis microbusiness for adults 21 and older. They're a grower, processing lab, and dispensary rolled into one, cultivating and producing flour, old-school hash, edibles, CBD products, and more. 
You can find them across the street from Kroger on South Maple, just west of downtown, and at WinewoodOrganics.com. Veterans and MedCard holders save 10% on all orders, and first-time customers save 25% as long as you're not wearing scarlet and gray. One and two and... If you find yourself on the wrong side of the law, you want a Michigan man in the huddle. Call criminal law attorney and former prosecutor Jonathan Paul at 248-924-9458 or visit his website at michiganlawgrad.com. John is a proud graduate of the University of Michigan Ross School of Business and Michigan Law School. He looks forward to showing you the Michigan difference. The only thing we can be sure of about the future is that it will be absolutely fantastic. I'm thinking of the incredible breakthrough made possible by developments in communications. Arthur C. Clarke's 1964 vision is now reality with SignalWire, a cloud platform that enables developers to build the applications that will reshape the future of communications. These things will make possible a world in which we can be in instant contact with each other wherever we may be. You can add cutting-edge, real-time video and audio to any product, website, or application with APIs and SDKs for developers of all skill sets. SignalWire is optimized for high quality and low latency communication functionality, for video, voice, and text messaging capabilities. Almost any skill could be made independent of distance. Men will no longer commute. They will communicate. See for yourself at SignalWire.com. Use code 2021 and receive $25 in developer credit. Go to SignalWire.com. SignalWire Communications OGs. Original geeks of programmable community. Welcome back to MGO Radio 9.1. I'm going to get myself in the screen. I can't get myself yeah, in the screen. Yeah. In the shop, Hi, buddy. everybody. Hey. <laughs> this is great radio. I'm just going to stay out of the Dude, screen, actually, and you guys it. can just not see me. Uh, I, we should mention show. That, that the show. The show. You guys are playing tonight. So we have one show tonight. There, we're about 30 tickets away from a sellout tonight. They usually have walk-ups, but if you want to, you can still call the box office at 734-996-9080. If you're the kind yeah. of person who wants to separate your comedy from your sports day, we understand that. Yeah, come <laughs> to see us tonight. Come tonight. Come tonight. But you only have one shot tonight. Tomorrow night, you have two shots. Yeah, yeah. tomorrow there's a 715 and a 945 show. You know, we might hold the you know, start of that 7.15 show a little bit of time, but I think the game's going to be over by about 6.30. I think the game's going to be over by 5.30, but, yeah. like, technically. <laughs> yes. If you're the person well who needs to see the final whistle blow, then well you may played. be there at 6.30. If, right. I mean, it, listen, what I would say is if you're like, oh, man, I don't want to fight this traffic to get out of here, come on over to the Comedy Club, Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase, Watch some comedy, laugh, hang out, relax, let us entertain you. Then, then go, go back to your car and, and drive, drive safely home with right. zero traffic. Here's here's my here's what I'm worried about. That Alex Orgy is gonna like come out of the field the second I'm ready to leave the game. And people are just gonna be like, I got it. <laughs> I, I got it. I hate I, I hate missing an orgy. I hate missing an orgy. One orgy party in the end. And then I'll go see the squires. So right. if they if Alex Orgy has the ball 
you can just stop and like let everybody yeah. know. We'll or, hold the start yeah, time. We'll hold the start time if that's the case. Okay. But uh, <laughs> in case be? of orgy, hold start <laughs> time. <laughs> in case of orgy, break glass. What right. has that ever been said? Uh, so no, but uh, please, you can still go online uh, at um, I think it's Ann Arbor Comedy A Comedy. Yeah, uh, I think you can, people know how to Google Co- Ann, Arbor Am- Comedy. Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase. Showcase. Yeah. Google it. Get tickets. This is a great way to hang out. Uh, Brian will be there tomorrow night. Uh, Seth is gonna yep. be there. Uh, so maybe we can get Alex out too. Come it. on, Alex, let's go. Uh, on, we want that laugh. I want that laugh in the in the crowd. <laughs> uh, should be really fun. We these shows are always fun. Our buddy Jeff Tice, who actually we were talking about uh, Coach Prime, he, he played basketball for uh, Colorado. Colorado for a year. Oh, and really? A half. Great comic, really fun guy, super sweet. So how how's he at basketball then? He's Unreal. good. <laughs> he's, he's really good, and he's like great. take. Okay, so the the guy who never plays a minute of basketball for the Colorado Buffaloes uh-huh. is the best guy you've ever played it's with. It's the best in guy in your rec league ever. He's no, I've had this happen dudes. before. Yeah. I went to go visit my – we went to the Rutgers game last year. Uh-huh. And so I flew into New York, and I went uh, stay with my buddy out in Woodstock. And in Woodstock, New York, how many basketball players do you think you're going to run into? Yeah. So he's like, oh, man – I'm, I'm sorry. I have like my rec league game. I had a little bit of a cold. I was fighting, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, "All right, man, I'll come and play with you, you, you and your rec league guys." Right. And they put me on this one guy who's like wearing an arm sleeve, which should have been my first clue. Arm sleeve is like this guy. Either he he knows his injury so well, he knows how to treat it. So right. He's good. Right. Or you he know. like got the sleeve from like crossing up Allen Iverson once. Right. Right. And at the just, rocker. So now he he played like D two. Okay. And forget it, man. Lights oh out. Oh my god. Forget it. <laughs> like how many people on your team were like guard him? I got, like I am. I got crossed up so fast the oh, first time. I just man. turned around and laughed. Like the entire offensive possession, I was I sitting back on the other end just laughing. I would have turned out. By the way, left. we're up to 222 tickets in the first show. So 28 right. tickets. 28 tickets away from a sellout tonight. Uh, come on out just to see a sold-out room that's really – we're going to sell it out tonight. It's going to be fun. And also, we're going to do a tailgate tomorrow. So tomorrow what you can do is come to the tailgate. We'll yeah. be there sometime around 11-ish to noon. 1230. Yeah, 1230. Yeah. Uh, we'll be there. We'll be hanging out, and so we'll get a chance to hang out with you. You can – to get into the tailgate, you can show your ticket that you'll come into the show later or that you came last night. Right. Uh, or, or you can just give a hot take. Or you give us a hot take. Give us a hot take. <laughs> really, we want you there because we it'll be there, fun. We want to hang yeah. But this will be a chance for you to catch up with us. We'll talk the game. We'll maybe give you some impromptu hot takes in your face. Yeah. We'll yeah. Some in the, uh, this in the just happens. Like. We sit around and just start hot taking in each other's oh, faces. Oh, well, we just mess around. We have so much fun. I told my daughter to come up with a hot take about the student section. She's got a hot take about the student section. Oh. She will be there. So, so she will have a hot take about the student section. For all right. Are, are we going to get her on the, on Sunday? Are we going to bring mean, her into the would, podcast? I would love her too. We got to figure that out. We got to figure that out. He's got a he's got a freshman at uh, at, Mich- at, at the Michigan University right of Michigan. now. So, and so yep. she's seeing things from the students' perspective, which we haven't been there for years and years. All she yeah, knows, Alex, it's been months. <laughs> all she knows, knows is, is wins. Yeah, she's one and zero. All she knows is <laughs> victories. Yeah, she's like, this is this team ever going to lose? Is what she says. No. Um, no, and I we hope, hope not. not. We I hope, hope not. not. I hope not. I'm fa- I can't even begin to tell you how excited I am about this. How quickly did this week go by? That's my question. Like, when it the was- season's rough, the week just takes so long to get this. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't even listen to all the podcasts I need to listen to. Like, well, I treat it like work. Nobody, I mean, because Monday was like a, non, a non-posting day. It was a day. holiday, yeah. And yep. so then, like, we were all like, okay, now we're just rushing because everyone's like, okay, I... This is like sacrosanct for us. You have to understand. Like sure. this is the last vacation day we have until December. Right. So it's like Labor Day, 
You better be enjoying yourself. We're, we're, we were laughing at Clemson, so we were enjoying oh it. Yeah. Oh, my God. How good did that feel? So, but, like, so like, those games, I mean, so, like, yeah. my hot take last time was, last this past week, was don't write your hot takes until you watch the Ohio State game. Right. I would amend that to be, like, wait till the weekend's over. Right. Because <laughs> how much better did you feel about 30-3 to against an ECU team that, in my estimation and my goal, I think they'll win at least six games this year? Oh, I think so. I mean, They'll they'll win six or seven games, but like that game did not bother me at all. Yeah, we were so like just, Michigan went in there like, okay, we're gonna try to run into a stack box. Oh shoot, that didn't work. Okay, JJ, kill them. Thank you. Now we're gonna run back a stack box again. Like it was just a. Do you think we they... do not respect these people or care whatsoever? Right. So how much happier are you that they pulled the we're gonna try and run Donovan Edwards in four times in this game where it didn't matter because. They will never try that again. There is no human way they will try that again. They'd get they might do it until it gets Bowling Green. They might do I it. I mean, like, fine. <laughs> but I'm saying like He's going to have like a, like a one-yard per carry average not at, State at the college. end of the first three games. Not at Penn State. Not in, in Eastland. No, if it's Penn State, they're going to have ten different things because they scouted Penn State's defense and That's decided right. they're going to like – you know, all of Attack a sudden, the weaknesses. has legs. Yeah, and, right. All yeah. of a sudden, he's got an opportunity to. Yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, and they'll have and they'll have RPOs. And like, this is a conversation we had with Sam Webb this week, where like he said, "How come Michigan's not running RPOs?" I'm like, "Well, it's expensive. You have to run an RPO that works against That's the defense great, you're playing." Great take. Right. right? Yeah. Sometimes, like you know, do you remember the Super Bowl a few years ago, the Rams Patriots Super Bowl that was like 13 to six? I mean, unfortunately, yeah. just a travesty. Yeah. I was like, yeah. "This is a unwatchable." Like. <laughs> I don't even like the commercial. I don't like anything about this whatsoever. The Rams are even in like their good colors. They like they switched to like the dark yellow and the dark blue the instead of like you know what I like. The problem <laughs> was there were the defenses were too good. It ruined the game. Your defenses were so good it ruined the game. Give me a game that's like a high flying, forty two <laughs> to thirty seven. Like again, right. I mean like last year's game. Was fantastic. I didn't have a dog in the race, but was a fantastic game. When Jalen Hurts came down and ma- and scored for the uh, the two point conversion, mm-hmm. I was like, "This is high drama. This is unbelievable." And I know Patrick Mahomes is going to come down. Right. And <laughs> right. So like, which makes up. which makes yeah. last night's Detroit win all the more sweet, right? Because yeah. it was set up for a classic Detroit Mahomesy. I think it Mahomes- was Mahomes versus Detroit. Mahomes was just doing everything for that. How team. is Mahomes so fast, and yet when he runs to the huddle, he looks like a baby with a full diaper? Because he kind of <laughs> just runs in this weird way, like and, and his like, hands just full run. diaper behind him. He's in a head diaper. He's, he's got like a thing over he, his. Right. Yeah. He conserves all of his energy so that like on one play he can. You got a there's, defensive There's nobody. Oh, uh, there's there's been only a few other quarterbacks. I was gonna say nobody, and then like immediately I thought of you know a few of them. But uh, there's like few guys out there who there's just so many players. We're like we got him, we got him, we got him, we got him. We do not got him. We don't got him. Yeah, we don't got him. Do roll the tape on Fran Tarkington. And yeah, then come back and talk. Or, or to me. go back and watch that, the. Go back. That's and like watch back it. in Alex's day. Yeah. No, no, Alex. Vince, Vince Young against Michigan. You know, Vince Young I mean? against Michigan, and then Vince, Vince Young against USC. It was yeah. basically the same game in the Rose Bowl. And you're like, I got him. I got. I don't got him. You don't have. Him. I don't yeah. got I mean, Vince Young against Michigan. Yeah, Vince Young against yeah. Michigan, Vince Young against USC, like every, either of those two. And but yeah, even though that Lions game, every single time Hutchinson's like bye. By the way, like, okay, t- it's gonna happen this time. We're actually gonna bring him down. So this is why I'm so excited for this time of year. So we have this Michigan game that I think we're gonna win. I, I believe in our team. I believe we want. There are things that we want to do as a team that we will execute. And I like this team a lot. And I think they're gonna do it. Will they win thirty-three to seven? Maybe, and that's going to frustrate some people. Will we win? 
30, 37 to 10, and that's going to bother me? Maybe. I don't they're, know. They're not trying to win 16 to nothing. No, they're exactly. not. Exactly. Yeah. But I think I feel pretty good about us winning this game tomorrow. I'm not going to guarantee anything because you just never know. <laughs> but I feel pretty good about us winning this game. Then there are amazing other games tomorrow. The Texas-Alabama game is going to be a joy. Which you watch. should not be watching. You should be at our comedy show. <laughs> it's, at Ann Arbor Comedy Show. Ann Arbor Comedy Show, Just record unless, it and unless watch they it. go tonight. Yes. You can get your ticket tonight. Yeah, there's only And then left. you can go to the tailgate tomorrow. That's yes. Right. And then yeah. you can go and watch the Texas game because you've already – Taken care of your comedy. I want to see LSU lose. Uh, I want to see LSU lose again. I want to see yes. Brian <laughs> Kelly. I want to see Brian Kelly at a press conference be like, "Well, I sat down with my family, <laughs> and we I, all talked about how bad we are. <laughs> We're not so good. We're I was bad. I was very surprised by how much I enjoyed watching LSU lose that game. So, it felt so good. I watched. I sat down. I'm like, okay, everyone's going to watch FSU LSU. Here we go. And then. Like Keon Coleman makes a great thing. I'm like, well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Keon Coleman. Don't and then, and then, like, as his players will not do what he wants, Brian Kelly is just getting more and more angry and red just like, face. Yeah, like he's been dr- like he's been drinking. I'm, yeah. I'm like, this is this is what we wanted when Brian Kelly went to the South. I love We're like, it. You, now the you South have will to deal. You. you have to deal with SEC players who will just go off and do their own thing. Right. Sometimes the listen. thing they do is just absolutely amazing. That's why SEC football is awesome. Right. And but <laughs> Brian Kelly is not the man to be to, like handling that. To be excited. I mean, yeah. how about Dabo Sweeney's shots fired at Brian Ferentz? Did you hear that? No. Oh. No. He's like, when I look up and I it's see like, it was bad. It was bad. bad. The offense is like, when your offense looks like, like a, a Brian Ferentz offense. offense. He literally said oh. that. You know it's bad. <laughs> you know it's bad. Something to the effect of that. I was like, shots fired. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Oh, man. Oof. What bowl could they meet in? Oh, my God. Look. That, Clemson well, all I'm going to say is uh, we have an ACC bowl. Is it the well? Wait the the pinstripe. The yeah, the pinstripe bowl. Or the kid. Dude, I was one to know, and you're o- I was one to know, and you're zero and one. So you better shut up, bro. <laughs> I was one and zero, and you're zero and one. And and I I think that uh, Cabe Nackmere is better than Cabe Clubnick. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he's definitely Clubnick. Sounds like your mom saying the Clubnicks are coming over tonight. Put on your nice slacks. Yeah, the Clubnicks yeah. are coming. The, I know, hate I them. Have to tell you. They've got the kid who doesn't talk. Oh. Clubnicks <laughs> and smells like rye bread. Why do I have to talk oh, to that guy? Clubnicks. Yeah, I, I think UNLV played them last week. But the truth of the matter is. That is a good point. Like, Dabo Sweeney, you're as good as your quarterback. And so I think, again... People wanted to crown him as the greatest coach since sliced bread. You had two great quarterbacks. You had two generational quarterbacks back-to-back, which tricked the world into thinking you had a a great team. Not to say you didn't have a great rest of the team, but I'm saying what Michigan has had great teams without the quarterback. I mean, yes, but Clemson, I respect how Dabo built his teams. He had a thing. When you have a college football program, you have to have a thing, mm-hmm. right? Like Ohio State's thing is we're just pros. We're right. coming in here. We're professional football factory. You're right. football factory, and we'll have and we'll have better receivers than you've ever seen. Right. Alabama is just like, hey, we're going to get all the best players, and we're all going to play together. And Georgia's like, we're going to get all the best players, and they're better played than you than you. And your half of players. them will get tickets. Right. Driving. <laughs> right. And but like, but everyone's got like a thing that makes their program their program. And Clemson had a thing. It was a weird one. They were, like, super religious and stuff. Right. But, like, they, it, it worked for them, right? They had they, – they knew a certain type of player they could go after, a certain type of uncle that, like, would work with them, right? Yes. And, and it worked. They, they, 
they could identify the kinds of players they wanted that they could get, and it worked for them for a long time. He just he needed to have someone helping him on defense, I think. And that guy is gone. That guy's gone. You're, but right, so about, you're right about the God thing. You're, right, yeah. you're so right about the God Remember thing. Remember when he said in the press conference, Davos Wayne was like, uh, we were doing NIL from the beginning. <laughs> right. Name and image, name and image, image of, of the Lord. Lord. I'm yeah. like, that's N-I-O-T-L. <laughs> dummy. You dumb fool. You dumb idiot. No, but like the, the, the thing is, I'm going to ask you this point blank, Seth and Alex, you can chime in as well. If Michigan had a JJ level quarterback in 16, I would say 15, but 16, 17, 18, and 19, you mean to tell me you don't think we beat Ohio State one or two out of those years and go to the playoff? I think oh, so. Oh, definitely. I, I think you win in 16. Sure. If they had their second least competent quarterback in those years, <laughs> I think you win in twenty seventeen. No, no, I say I, if you win in sixteen and seventeen, I think I don't know about eighteen and nineteen. I'll give that to because the defense got burned yeah. so badly. Yeah, I, I give those to Ohio State. Fine, those games might have been closer, but I'm telling you right now, if you have a a top tier Cade McNamara or a you know the Cade McNamara that beat Ohio State. Or you have a J.J. McCarthy in 16 and 17. I mean, game plan they, and they, defense, they, you they, win they those won games. They won 2016 they anyway. Did. With a quarterback <laughs> whose shoulder was, was broken. broken. Yeah. yeah, broken. Yeah, and then 17. Who was not a great quarterback. <laughs> right. Wil- Wilton Spate was fine, and he fine. played above his abilities, but he was With a not. broken shoulder. That but, dude... That dude does not buy drinks in this town anymore. No, no. Yeah. and and <laughs> he he did win a lot of great games for us in the same way that Jake Rudock. I put him in the same kind of category as yeah. Jake, uh, Jake Rudock, and they were all maybe even a notch. Those two guys, even though they were lower rated quarterbacks, still a notch better than. Yeah, that's his I, face. I mean, you, you, you got to change so much around. I think the meta narrative. We've talked about this a gazillion times before. The meta narrative of the seventeen and eighteen or sixteen and seventeen seasons is that Don Brown was the solution to Urban Meyer. Right. Right. right? I'm just going to put guys in the box. I'm going to man you up, and I'm going to force you to throw. Right. And if you want JT Barrett to throw the ball downfield, then, you know, Lord help you. Yeah. Right? Good luck. Because he doesn't want it because he didn't want to do that. He right. And so he legs. took away what Ohio State was good at. They just matched the numbers in the box. And Urban Meyer was just a numbers guy. Andrew Urban was like, we're going to have more numbers at the point of attack than you do, mm-hmm. and I'm going to scheme that all the way. And that's what he did. Yeah. And as soon as Michigan solved that, that's why Ohio State could not score that. They kept on getting booted off the field in 16 yep. and 17. Yes. And that's why Michigan had the opportunity to, to be to in those, those games. To win those games and yeah. be in those games. Yeah. Even the one there. Yeah. And then – you know, 18 and 19, they went to a pro style. They went to crossing uh, routes. Crossing routes. Yeah. Well, they had it yeah. ready in 17, too. Remember when JT Barrett left the field? That's right. And really? came yeah. on, and, yeah. Yeah. and you're was, like, wait yeah, a minute. This they is had it different. in the wings because yeah. they had already gotten Kevin Wilson by then. They just weren't fully installing it yet. Yeah. And then the 21 and 22 was figuring it was figuring out how to match that and beat right. that to beat the pro right. style offense right. you get so a pro we, style defense and we shut that down and they didn't know where to go and they still don't know where to go because they're running like under center right now and I know it's weak so one. if they had Things CJ Stra- if, C- if they yeah. had CJ but they Stra- so I feel like if you want to say this is like an 80s soul switching movie I'm not saying we're going to be at Ohio State I hate when people say that after one week and we don't know who they're going to become mm-hmm. but I do think in some weird universal way we now have a quarterback that we can lean on that we believe believe we can put on a game on his shoulders certainly high yeah, pressure people say these games. first games don't mean anything i disagree for jj to be able to make those moves in the pocket and like take three steps backwards in the pocket and feel where he is and then throw a dart all the way across to the opposite hash i'm like that's gonna come in handy yeah 
Well, that w- that was a thing that I talked about this week. Devin Gardner talked about the same oh, thing this week. Yes, and, like, he was amazing. Er- like because they were gonna, they knew that Loveland's the guy we wanted to go to on third down. Yep. So what did we do? We check Loveland into uh, pass protection, mm-hmm. and now everything's simpler because that defensive end who was gonna be on man on one side, and then the safety who was on top of him, that safety instead of having to read him, he is just gonna go and take uh, Roman Wilson away. Mm-hmm. And then it's just an easy read. Then you have a one-on-one with Camellius Johnson, Johnson, and yeah. you're going to win that one. You're going to win you it. You are. Yeah. And those dudes showed up. Let's yeah. give them their props. I mean, both of those guys showed up in such a great way, which is also exciting. Yeah. That's why I love this team, man. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's, very, I, it's a good time. I think they're the best team in the country. It's hard to predict a championship, but I think that – I think they're in the yeah. best. They're, they're in the mix. They're, they're certainly the, there. Certainly in the top four. I think they're right now – And I think I wouldn't be surprised if they ran the table. I wouldn't. Not yeah. with these guys. Not is, with there no, is there a new entry? Is there someone other than Alabama, Georgia that you're worried about no, now? I, I, I mean, I will and say Notre, Dame, should, Notre Dame. Dame scares me a little bit, and I think Florida State looked better than I thought they were going to look. I don't, I'm don't. i not ready to crown them and say they're in the mix for the mm-hmm. playoff. But and, and again, I I hesitate to cast away Ohio State because they could figure a lot of things out along the way. I think they have do have some big time problems that we can exploit, but I think we still have to keep them in the conversation. But I like you feel like this team is definitely on the dartboard and I wouldn't be surprised if they hit the bullseye. Amazing. Yep. All right. Come to the show tonight. One more time. Come to the show tonight. It's the Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase. Uh, There's still like, again, 25, 28 tickets left just for tonight. Probably show up time of the show there might be like five left or right. something like that show up and come tonight it's a 715 show tomorrow night 715 and uh, 945 come if you're like hey we're gonna watch the game then go grab something to eat come to the 945 show it's it, it's just a blast and you know how much we love being here and we love the MGO blog fans are, are the best I yes. feel like I got recognized <laughs> so much today and people saying like in, in Michigan gear saying I love your stuff uh-huh. and sometimes like you can just tell by who like the person is if they're like all gothed out you're like oh you saw what we do in the shadows right. or, like, <laughs> you know what I mean like you can tell if it's who, a drunk bachelorette party you're like, like oh Chelsea like, lately Chelsea okay, lately. okay. okay. Uh, or if but it was all these people in Michigan gear and I feel like they know us from the MGO blog. So, again, we'd love to see you guys out yep. at the shows. All right. And then we'll see you guys tomorrow for the tailgate. Tailgate. We'll be see you at Venue. Can't wait. Can't wait. Venue. I love it. 12, Thanks, 1230 guys. at Venue. We'll Done. There. Yep. All right. We're going to take a break. Hey, fellow Michigan fans. This is Matt Demarest, Realtor and Lender. For a decade now, you've heard me on the podcast talk about mortgages, and I've helped hundreds of fellow Michigan fans in that capacity, including Brian and Seth. But many of you don't know I'm a real estate broker as well. I promise to make buying, selling, or financing homes simple and cost-effective anywhere in the state of Michigan. Whether you're upsizing, downsizing, buying a vacation home, or building a real estate investment portfolio, send me a text or give me a call. It's never too early to make a plan, and the call is always free. My number is 734-882-8194. Again, 734-882-8194. Or you can find me online at realtorandlender.com. That's realtorandlender.com. Whether you want to buy, sell, or finance a home, or even all three, I promise to provide the experience so many of you have come to expect over the years. And as always, thank you, and go blue. NMLS 1011726, Equal Housing Lender. 
Want the perfect game day outfit? Underground Printing has unique, great-fitting U of M apparel and officially licensed apparel from legendary Michigan names like Woodson, Howard, Eufer, and more. UGP also specializes in custom printed apparel and promotional items for groups, events, and businesses. Whether you need one shirt as a gift or 1,000 shirts for a charity walk, Underground can customize almost anything for groups large or small. To learn more, visit Underground Printing in one of our three convenient locations around Ann Arbor or online at undergroundshirts.com. Here's a thing people say. Seth, tell me about your insurance. I'm actually glad you asked me about that because I just changed my insurance and I'm really happy I did. Let me guess. You use Phil Klein and Owen Rosen of the Phil Klein Insurance Group. They are MGO blog readers and they don't advertise during football games. And they've got a five-star rating on anything you would care to see. Call Owen at 248-682-7445 or visit them online at philkleininsurance.com. It's painless. It's online. It's group ordering made easy for your next custom-printed apparel order. Pogo from Underground Printing will save you time and hassle. Whether you're selling shirts for a fundraiser, organizing a large event, or trying to collect sizes and payment for a family reunion, UGP is here to help. Save time and hassle every step of the way with our easy-to-use site. No more guessing what to order, chasing down people to pay, or wasting time trying to sort out the order. We'll set it up, and you can just sit back and relax. We can even take care of individual shipping. To learn more about Pogo, visit us at any of our convenient locations or at pogo.undergroundshirts.com. In southeastern Michigan, the yearly cost for a nursing home averages approximately 100000 It doesn't have to, though. Reed McCarthy founded Ann Arbor Elder Law after handling a tricky situation for his own family. Years of experience later, his boutique firm works with clients across southeast Michigan dealing with Medicaid planning, long-term care, and tax, disability, and family law, not to mention family dynamics. If you have a family member who may need that level of care, or if you're ready to start your own estate plan, Reed can give you a plan for the future. Visit AnnArborElderLaw.com or call 734-945-9693. That's 734-945-9693. Welcome back to... MGO Radio 9.1. So, UFR. Yeah. UFRs. Uh, I, I got mine done yeah. <laughs> on like late Wednesday night. And I was just like, I thought everyone was going to be blitzing content on Thursday. So well, was, they were blitzing on Friday. It was blitzing, yeah. I apologize for that, by Brian the way. Brian like, was too busy watching the Lions to... <laughs> that's, that's what it was. So, I, I can be... You can be bold at all, Ego guy. <laughs> and I can be Seth and Brian. Um, I, I did, you know... We had the offensive UFR, and, you know, we discussed sure. it plenty. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> starting on defense, why no sacks? Why no sacks? Uh, because they were they had a game plan. Michigan had a game plan to just win by 30, and ECU had a game plan to just get the hell out of here safely. So they were trying their two quarterbacks. I think they learned enough about them. But basically every time they got pressure, they threw the ball away, and that was on the – few passes most of their passes they didn't even try most of the passes was like okay if the guy's down uh throw it over his head and they just threw those quick fades and they don't i mean we've watched all, too much nfl right and we've watched yep. too much like ohio state and georgia and at the end of the season you've watched too many good football teams who know how to throw the ball that you're not used to this style of offense where you just chuck it up before there's any possibility of the pressure getting to you and just let your receiver go get it 
So they did a few of those anytime Michigan pl- came up and played man. And then when Michigan played soft, they just threw it underneath. And there was like a lot of these H outs, like all, you know, an out to the slot receiver that gets them four or five yards. And if it's second and eight and you, now it's third and four, like it's, you know, I, I, I even ran it in the numbers and it's like a zero. There's, there's just, it's a nothing play. It's right. You have not changed anything about the paradigm of the football game. And that's what their plan was. And then on third down, if they got pressure, even if he had some room because our pass rushers would kind of collide into each other behind him, he would take off. The quarterbacks were not going to throw, you know, not going to reset or something like that. They would keep on reading. Their second read was get the hell out of there. Uh, how do we feel about the edges after this week? So you didn't get to learn that much about any single one of them. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's like they're rotating through so fast. TJ Guy played less than we realized. I think at the end of the game, we were all like, oh, TJ Guy is kind of like that, you know, f- a fifth man in the rotation. And then you look at the snap count, and you're like, what happened here? And then you go and look at the game. And so they were using him as that 5-2 edge yep. that Jalen Harrell played a lot last year. But then he was not playing as much as Stewart. Now, the fact you noticed guy I thought was interesting. He came under an uh, offensive tackle one time. He set an, a pretty good edge. He didn't have any mistakes. I thought he was maybe not at the level of the other guys because St- Stewart's out there for a reason. Sure. Right, Stewart gave up the edge. He gave up the edge once. But in this small sample <laughs> size, everything is exploded, right? Like, oh, no, because especially when, like, Jason Harrell is the guy that you go up against because, you know, Jalen Harrell does not give up the edge. So, yeah, man, like, he he did give up the edge one time. I think that he knew what he did wrong. I think he felt that Barrett was going to save him, and Barrett didn't. Uh, but what you got from that is he is just a rascal. And it was fun because I've been comparing to Mike Dana. And yep. someone was like, and I think Brian was saying, like, oh, he's, he's Uche. And I was just like, he's not. He's Dana, right? He's that guy who just gets under under the player. Yep. He's like, he's small. And, he just, and then we watched Dana again last <laughs> night. And I'm like, Yes. That's exactly who this guy is. So he's kind of squirrely. He's small. He gets underneath you. And it, but there's nobody can get a good leverage on him because he's already starting so low. Then he gets lower. And so he loves to come inside. He needs a better outside move because what he was doing is he'd set him up and then the tackle would be lost and then he'd come inside of him. And he'd get pressure that way. Um, and Dana was the same way. Like he was not an, an amazing bend your shoulder kind of outside rusher. But if he could get you stepping outside, then he was going to beat you inside because that, you know, just kind of wrestling underneath you is what he's great at. Uh, Harrell was Harrell. Nothing new to report. Uh, McGregor, I thought, f- relative to expectations, I was a little down on McGregor. Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, what, Derek yeah. Moore? Any? Derek Moore is interesting. He did push, kind of guy, push guys into the pile, uh, pocket a little bit. He was stunting a lot. And I thought it was interesting because he's a lot smaller than he was last year. Yep. And you can see it. And he's fast. And what he was, but he's still almost just, I maybe just as strong as he was last year, too. So there were a couple times when they ran him on a stunt and he would just blast the tackle, right? And then yep. you have Kenneth Grant coming up and it's just like, you know, that, job done, right? You don't have to get to the quarterback. And I thought that was a very interesting use of him because he's, you know, the guy that we thought was going to be abusing their tackles, and they were set up that way. So it was kind of a neat way to use him, at least. I didn't, I think he dropped into coverage one time, and it didn't really matter. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you can still see the upward trajectory. It's just there's not enough data on him sure. for this game. And then the young DBs. Uh, are we including Wallace among the young? <laughs> Cause he's, he's the not oldest young, guy but he is team. new. <laughs> um, 
I mean, all right, so we'll start with Wallace, who looked like a cornerback, right? He did not look out of place. Now, I'm sure we're going to face faster players, yep. right? And, you know, you take the Don Brown cornerback out of the Don Brown defense, but he's still <laughs> – Sure. And, and you saw some Don Brown in him because – Michigan, when they were getting, they're sick of the RPOs because the first time they we talked about with the Squires, first time they nail us with the RPO and they actually get a slant um, to go off. So next, so next time they're down uh, near the goalpost like that, Michigan runs trap coverage right out of Don Brown's playbook. That was that trap too that he used to play. And if you're going to do that when you're playing a team that does a lot of reading, you have to get the timing exactly right. Because if you come down too fast, you're going to throw over your head. You come down too slow, you've actually removed yourself from the play. And he he just got that. He he had that feel for exactly when the quarterback's going to take his eye off of him and then just jets in. And he's not. You can't wait. You can't just be like slow to get in there, right? Yep. You have to like as soon as the quarterback's eyes on you, you just have to scamper in there. And he did it perfect textbook. Um, and then you had that interception, which you know by rule. I hate that rule. <laughs> like, it should be the, – the rules do not – I know I'm getting into my thing here, but the rules should reflect the fact that both the receiver and the cornerback have a right to exist and play the ball. And if you touch the ball out of bounds, it should be off limits for your team, but not necessarily a dead ball. Because, like, what happens if a cornerback throws the pass back in again? Then the receiver touches it. Like, that's still yeah. okay. Yeah. So it should be the same both ways. And I'm not just saying this because I thought Josh Wallace deserved to have a magnificent sure. interception. By the way, did you, just off topic for one second on this topic, did you see the thing in the Clemson game with the targeting and how the targeting was after the change of possession? No. That whole controversy? No. It was a fourth down play, and the Clemson quarterback was trying to scramble for it, and he slid before he got to the first down. So he's short, turnover on downs, but after he slid, he got just you know, cranked. Right. And so it's you a should targeting. Never slide. It's a so <laughs> it's a targeting. Yeah. But they enforce the targeting after the change of possession. Right. So Duke gets the ball and, and then, then gets 15 put yards. fifteen yards back and everyone and yeah, that makes sense. Why would it not make sense? Well why is it a dead ball foul when the play when it's a hit during the play? Well, first of all, if he already given himself up, the play ends when he gives himself up. So it's a dead ball foul because it happened after he gave himself up, therefore play over. Also you know, what is it? I mean, what are you gonna? How are you gonna assess it? You're gonna like assess it against Clemson and then count the yards off? Like they well, should be. If there's an opportunity to give the full penalty, you should give the full penalty. There's there should be no way of like getting out of a penalty because of like where you are in the in the, in the field, unless like there's no other way to do that, right? Sure, I, I can see some of that argument. Uh, back so yeah, back to the uh, Keyshawn Harris. Any thoughts on him or he? He looked okay. Uh, he was there was a. I, I liked that his mistake in this game. Like when I gave him a negative, it was like a, oh, he knew exactly what he did, and he just you know he passed the guy off a little too early, and then didn't switch onto the new guy right. So he yeah. pointed and then came off his and came off the guy and then didn't go in didn't pick up the second guy fast enough and they managed to convert underneath him. That was like my one negative for him. For and he switched. And I know that like that was a thing last year, but Yeah. I brought that up with Sam and Sam was like, well you know Mikey Samer still was a converted wide receiver. Like that was on him last year. Not Will Johnson had it picked up. I was blaming yeah. Will because I was like the true freshman, not the fifth year senior or fourth year senior back then. But um but yeah, they so he and Samer still switched on a. I'm not talking about like when the defense tries to like rub you off, right? They they see you tight man and they just try to do a rub route, and that was the that ended up being the pass 
um, where they try to th- float it over Saint, um, Keon Sab, yeah. who I also thought was pretty good. He was one I actually got a little bit of information on. Um, you know, probably not going to start the rest of this year because Rob Moore's coming sure. back. But he looked he's, – he's big, right? Yep. So when he's running with that receiver, he's right in his chest. He's not interfering with him. And he doesn't turn around. But And if he did, he might have had an interception. But, like, he, he's fast. Like, you couldn't, he couldn't lose him. He couldn't shake him at all. And then he's so big, he doesn't really have to jump. So he can play that ball the way he did yeah. without leaving the – um, without jumping in the air, which is when you expose yourself to interference. So we're starting to feel okay about him as a starter next year? I think him and Zeke I, – you know, I, I love Zeke Berry. I was a little upset we didn't get to see as much of him. But, like, yeah, like those two – when if because I think Paige is probably going to leave it this year too. or, may, or may, Maybe well, not. More but definitely like he's, he's is, senior, but, so. yeah. yeah. Paige you could see, like, a one-more-year fund case for. But, yeah. Um, all right, offense – uh, Anything to yeah. say beyond JJ at ninety one percent on the downfield success rate? We should talk about JJ ninety one percent rate. <laughs> <laughs> that was because I mean this was not um, this is not just like last year where they gave him something to execute and he executed it. Yeah, this is when he was executing the offense. So we talked about Colson Loveland and and how he saw how the defense was playing them and set up what he wanted to throw. Yep. Um, and then if you notice that throw that he made on that play where he like he creates his own space. So there's no pressure, but there could have been, right? They were bringing the house on that play. Yep. All right? And Loveland actually loses his block, so JJ has got to get out of there when he does. He had the whole timing down in his head. He knew exactly how it was going to go. And Johnson didn't have to go down. Now he I'm not I wouldn't say negative for that, right? Like they, sure. he was securing the pass, it was a third down. The game was still kind of in doubt at that point. But JJ threw that thing on the money, walking backwards. That was an NFL throw. Yeah. And then the way he was moving guys with his eyes. This is something you saw him do a little bit last year, and then it kind of went away. Uh, you know, I I think that he was you know quorum sidekick last year is the way Brian put it, right? Sure. But um, when when he could do that, that's how a quarterback can run it. So he did it a couple times. There was one play where it was the the Roman Wilson touchdown where they actually have it covered, and ECU had. I think the defensive backs were really well coached. I thought they yeah. were a pretty decent secondary, and I don't think we're going to get much better secondaries most of the way through the Big Ten. Okay, um, And so they had this covered pretty well, and he just gives this little shake. It's like a look, and he sh- moves his shoulder, right? And the cornerback has to bail down, even though it's a third long. So you have to make a play, and that was the space. And J.J. knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly how he wanted to manipulate that guy. As soon as that guy turns his shoulders, the ball is thrown, yep. and the ball gets in there. Right. So the one bad pass that people were worried about was the one where, like, that linebacker kind of leaped up. Like, that guy just had length. Like, just give him some credit, right? That was sure. a well-thrown ball. I mean, he could have lofted a little bit more, but not that much more, right? You don't want to have a jump ball in the back of the end zone. You want to lay it in yeah. to your tight end. So. Um, and then there was another one, too, where he uh, kind of looked off. A, he had what ECU had given, ECU would call the right defense, and what they'd given him was like a deep pass, which would be a low percentage throw. Yeah. Right? And instead of taking that, he starts staring down Colston Loveland. And the cornerback reacts to that. And the second he does, zip right behind him, and the ball goes in. So J.J. was creating his own plays in this game, and that's why he scored as high as he did. You know, they also gave him – an easier assignment because it was a, you know, because they were blitzing him so much. Yep. But 
he responded. You blitz like that because it's like, okay, beat us with your throws. What did he do? He beat them with his throws. And uh, running backs a little rusty in the grading, it seemed like. I, again, I think that, you know, you're going to have – Quorum looked a little rusty. Donovan Edwards looked like Edwards. Sure. And ECU was just jamming the line. So, like, the second the, sn the snap goes off, the linebackers are taking off towards the um, towards the line of scrimmage, which means you can't run duo. Because the way duo is supposed to work, this is Michigan's favorite play, right? Yeah. Where you have you, you double both defensive tackles. And the idea is you're just going to shove those guys down. They're going to get zintered for several yards downfield. So when your guys are getting moved like that, as a linebacker, you're going to have to pick a side. Yeah. Okay? And then whatever side you pick, it's going to be wrong. The running back is just going to take off the other way. You can run duo if you can blow those tackles off the line consistently, and that's what Michigan's favorite play is because what can Michigan do? Blow tackles off the line with doubles very consistently. Their answer to that is blitzing those linebackers so that if you're trying to double someone before you even get any movement on him, now you have to adjust. Now you have to react to that guy, and they're going to switch off where they're coming from and everything. So Michigan, they, they got it three times in their uh, their first drive, and they were under their own end zone. They didn't want to mess around. Um and they learned their lesson. They found a couple ways around that. But that was really what the story was. ECU was just going to be blitzing the thing that Michigan wants to do. They found a couple ways out of it. They ran power one time, and it works. It was just standard, regular <laughs> old power. <laughs> and Brian gives an RPS2 for this because they're overreacting, right? Yeah. Like, it actually is a smart play at that. It's, it's a, it's, it, it sets them up. So there was a high RPS number in this game. RPS is rock, paper, scissors for those people yep. still listening to this or don't know that part. Um and that's what it was. There was a lot of, we have to adjust to what you're doing. And then the one issue that I took, and I don't think Brian discussed this very much, was that Michigan needs to learn to run play action twice in a row. Yeah, They don't have to go run play action all game. And I think people misunderstood what that meant, right? I'm not saying go and run play action and play action and play action and play action. We're saying run and then run again. Play action, play action again. Run, play action. Run, run, run. Play action Run, play action, play action, play action. <laughs> you know, you you have to, you can't just run every time after you've hit them with play action. Yeah. Okay, and that's what ECU is responding to. So they they knew, okay, we're gonna get hit over the top. We'll give up the first down. Next down, Michigan's gonna run, and they're just throwing everybody at the line of scrimmage again. And there are things that normally work that uh, that like just didn't like. There's one where Donovan Edwards is about to jump off to the side, and you you get that feeling, right? That 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 fan feel. We're like, oh, there's room in front of the running back. Your brain tells you this, even though yeah. you can't see it, right? And then he gets, um, and then a safety flies out of nowhere. That safety came from the other side of the field. He was a high safety on the other side of the field, and he was screaming down at the beginning of the play, and that's how he gets all the way across the field. When someone's overreacting to you that much. Like that's it. That changes the outlook of the game. Now, Quorum, one time he does get duo. He does get the look that he's supposed to get. You're ready for him to kind of just burrow his way in. There's a cornerback blitz on that he should just run by, and he got a little greedy. And I think he tried to like look at it and jump outside. And then he said himself that like I haven't been hit since the Ohio State game, so I think he was just, you know, not quite not quite back yet. And then finally tackles. Uh, so Miles Hinton had a rough day. Yeah, he graded out negative on he the whole. He did, and Pro Football Focus graded negative on him too. Yeah, um, I think that you know he's. We were kind of expecting to get a red shirt on him this year, and then it was a surprise that he was starting the first game, and now I think we're back to I think he needs a red shirt. Um, 
because he just he's just not used to it yet, right? Like the the things that all the, the teams are going to do to you when you run a lot of duo, you're going to get used to it. You're going to be like, okay, I know who I know why I got to pass off to Zinter here. And there were a couple times where like it could have been on Zinter, but we know Zinter knows what he's doing on this play. Right, we've yeah. seen him run this play so many times, and so he's expecting Miles Hinton to kind of fill in behind him, and Hinton just doesn't isn't prepared for it. He also got beat a lot on pass protection, um, and I, you know, could have gotten called for a hold on the throw that McCarthy definitely threw over the line of scrimmage. <laughs> Thanks, refs plus three. Yeah. Um, and so the, I think Hinton had a rough day. Barnhart had an okay day, but not one where you know Henderson's got too great of a climb. I think Brian would be mad if we don't talk about Trevor Keegan, though. Okay. Um, because Brian had a humongous grade for Keegan, and then he went to Pro Football Focus and said he had a 58. Yep. I would double-check this. Is that true? <laughs> I would have to look, but... I, I think I have to look now. I meant to do it, and then I was setting all this up. We need to get the yeah. Pro Football Focus grader in a room with I, Brian, and then they grade offensive line. I, I think that they're doing it with, like... Um, I think they have interns doing this job. I don't think that it's, and, and they t- they probably give them like a few things like, okay, here's this guy's assignment. Here's what he has to do, right? More than likely, yeah. Yeah. All right. So Trevor Keegan, left guard. I was wrong. They gave him a fifty-six. Fifty-six. And they gave him a fifty-two in run blocking. <laughs> I'm wearing a Trevor Keegan jersey to the game tomorrow. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Because he was good, he was just he was he adjusted correctly, and I think that's I think we forgot what's wrong with Pro Football Focus is they're um, they're too f- focused on whether you're winning your assignment, which is not what the you ask an offensive lineman to do. You ask him to execute yeah. your assignment, and if your assignment is hard, and it was in this game because they're throwing linebackers every which way, and that was a I, I was not surprised that Keegan graded out well because I would graded out Keegan before. I've graded Keegan before. I graded him one game last year, and I graded him the year before that. And he is like a Grand Glasgow. He's one of those smart guys. He's one of those dudes who just sees how the thing is unfolding in real time and adjusts correctly. Yep. And when there's linebackers coming from every different direction, he's the right guy for that job. And I'm not surprised that he graded out highly in this game because that's kind of what his game is. Whereas Inter, he actually didn't grade out that well in this game. He had a couple of mistakes. Some of them might have been on Henderson. I'm not sure. But uh, that's not his game as much. His game is, you know, you're trying to block a Lua, you're, you're getting blocked by Oluwatimi and all of a sudden he hits you on the side and you're – you know, two gaps over, and then you have to work your way back. That's what Zinner's game is. And Nugent, pretty quiet day, seemed like. In the uh, so I think there were a couple of protection questions that Brian had that he might, you know, point at him and, and, and suggest that. Uh, a lot of the same things that we saw at Stanford, where he's not big, so he'll lose at the jump, right? Yeah. Kind of the opposite of Chris Jenkins. Chris Jenkins is a, uh, you know, that first step is where he wins, right? And then yep. the technique you don't see you know, you, you kind of he loses as the play progresses right but that beginning of the play is where he really wins all of his uh Jenkins is like a, a standout player Nugent's the opposite he'll get shoved back a little bit and you're like uh-oh here we go and then he just plants and his back bends you know <laughs> 70 degrees or something and it's like wow this guy is uh this, this, this guy's doing it he's in there so there were a few times where he like you know saved the bacon on that um they ran stretch, and he was the one who got his uh, his block executed. So I think that – and they also 
I don't remember if I saw this in the UFR or not, but I noticed it on rewatch before the podcast. Uh, they were doing the thing that they used to do with on Wainu, where they run power and they use the backside guard to, or the backside or the center sometimes to. Um, because he used to do this with Ruiz and Wayne yeah. all the time, where he blocks a guy who he's, he's tech, where he has to like chop a guy or just get around him um, on their power plays. So he's actually not blocking down; he's actually blocking a guy lined up right over him. And they had to because they were running this four hundred four tight, where you have a guy on zero. So that defensive tackle a lot of times was lining up right on top of him or even in an advantage position. And Nugent was actually getting across him long enough at least to prevent him from uh, from getting into the play. So. Yeah, I mean, that's – I think we talked about that. Oh, the receivers. Uh, blocking receivers. Brian's not here. I'm guessing the reason he's not here <laughs> is because I told him, and you were there, told him when we were doing the podcast that receiver blocking matters. Because <laughs> he is like, we're not going to miss running bell. And what did I say, Brian? Brian, who's not listening, is not here right now. I said they're going to miss Ronnie Bell for his blocking, and that's what they did. They missed, blo- they missed the receivers blocking. So Cornelius Johnson misses one. Uh, that was a p- pretty much a howler. Uh, Roman Wilson had a couple where, like, it wasn't really his fault because the setup. Michigan's – we're not huge fans of when Michigan covers a receiver because yeah. part of their offense is about having those threats. So it's like you're turning Roman Wilson into a block, into an offensive lineman. Like, that's – it's not the best thing to do because then you're just telling that guy that you can treat him like an offensive lineman and that's what happens. And that's not Roman Wilson's game. It's never going to be. Um but when you miss a block like that, because there were a couple times where Michigan got, you know, three or four yards, and if the receiver had made the block, they were running 30 to 70 yards. So that those were missed. Um, as far as receiving, you know, they they helped him out a lot. They caught some tough passes. The There was one early on where, you know, he got cover zero. He threw a little bit high and behind Cornelius Johnson. Johnson made a great play on it to, to bring that in and rescue it. Um, Roman Wilson did not have a drop. It was raked out. He, Brian was right about that. Still wrong about Ronnie Bell, but he was right about that. Uh, but re- uh, then they went right back to him, right? They go right back to Roman Wilson, and J.J. does that thing where he looks a guy off and makes some space for himself, throws it in perfectly. Roman Wilson goes up and gets it. And, you know, they weren't – I don't think Brian gave, many, gave any route pluses, because it wasn't like they were winning their routes that much, or they they had an advantageous positions. They had as yeah. I you know we talked about leverage this week. They had a lot of leverage in this game, so they weren't getting route pluses because what they were doing was what you expect them to do. But then when the pass got there, they made some tough catches, and that that was good to see. It was good to know that our passing game is there, even if the run game from the receiver standpoint has lost a little bit. Yeah. Anyone else? Anything else? Not particularly. All right. We're uh, we're gonna do the. There we go. Um, anything you uh, want to predict for UNLV? You got a score prediction? Mm. Go with forty-five. You're not gonna do my thing, are you? Ten. Okay. No. All right. No. 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 I I don't even have to give it. It's forty-five twenty-three. I like their offense. <laughs> but um. Uh, yeah, thank everybody. Thanks for talking. Uh, thank the Squires for being out here today. And make sure you come see us at the tailgate tomorrow at 1230. Go see their shows at the Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase. they got one tonight starting just a little bit. And they've got two tomorrow, one right after the game, and then one a little bit later if you want to get to three first. Out ya. Boris is a mayor and a land surveyor with plans of his own. He hates Aruska.
Single drop. He hates a Ruska. Ruska.